This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food in Malaysia, from speaking to chefs and restaurateurs about their restaurants, to exploring the origins of certain dishes, to geeking out over tasty discussions with food friends or experts. On this week's show, in light of the latest lockdown developments in Malaysia, I'm taking this opportunity to highlight certain food businesses around town that have been hit hard with the current situation. I know this show is but a small segment of BFM's larger program, so the impact that it can make might be limited, but I just thought to share some of the places that I think deserve our attention and love. But even if you stay too far from these restaurants or places, if you have the capacity to do so, I would highly encourage you to support those that are struggling in your area, whether it's through sharing on social media, financial aid, or simply just ordering a meal or two from them. Also, there's an increasing number of organizations and food banks providing food aid to those in need all across the country, so get involved wherever you can. It's a crucial time for us all to band together, despite us being on this seemingly sinking ship, but hopefully there's help and hope on the horizon. Anyway, for today's episode, I'm speaking with Andreas Domingo, the owner of the Nasi Lemak Company, a restaurant that I think deserves a bit more attention for their really tasty Nasi Lemak. Yes, I know nasi lemaks are a dime a dozen all across the country, but the nasi lemak company, or Nale for short, does it like no other. And Andreas has big dreams of bringing Malaysia's national dish to the world's stage. So if you're able to, do support Nale, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi Andreas, welcome onto the show. Hi Jun, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks Thanks for being here. Well, I've actually had your nasi lemak a few times and especially over this pandemic, I've ordered it on Grab. I have to say like I'm really intrigued and, and really interested in like the flavours and, and the level of uh, detail that you managed to, to build up your nasi lemak into. And so I would love to dive into like the story of uh, Nale, of, of your restaurant and tell me how did this whole nasi lemak journey start? Okay, uh, so uh, I've been in the business for fifteen the past 15 years. So we started off uh, as, I mean, our, our first brand was called The Lunchbox, which actually serves, uh, you know, a variety of food in the university. So for the past 15 years, uh, our main customers were just students. So I've, we've never really been exposed to the public. So any uh, anyone out of campus would not really know us unless they were ex Monash students, Sunway students. That's how we started off, lah. Yeah. So from from the lunchbox, you were purely in Sunway campus in in their cafeteria, um, just serving like students, right? And and how do you then like decide to go from there to setting up a restaurant in well in 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 a mall? Okay. So when when we first started the lunchbox, I mean it's in Sunway, the Sunway Uni campus and Monash Uni campus. So when we first started, the idea was to actually build a brand and expand it into all different campuses. But I think something we didn't realize was uh, we are dealing with a different kind of market. It's a captured market 
and you know seasonal crowd also so they have long breaks like holidays yeah uh, yeah out and- of a year we only have seven months of business so it wasn't a stable in terms of like uh, operationally stable so every now and then we have to change the menu we have to experience a three-month downtime so it was really hard to actually stabilize the operations and expand so uh, so for the for the first like 13, 14 years, we were struggling to actually find a way to expand. But uh, we really didn't realize that it would just not work because uh, as we explore the market more, we realized that you can hardly find a brand which started starts off in campus and expands to all other campuses. It's more like you see a brand on campus doing very well after a couple of years or at most five, six years, they will just die die off mm. so so that was where we struggled like uh the for the first 13 14 years trying how how are we going to expand this brand wow yeah 13 14 years is a is a long time yeah very very long so so like in the yeah in the 13 14 years like during the semester breaks right what what were you doing then did, did you try to find like a extra like side income somewhere or were you providing food somewhere else and like markets or whatnot it was actually almost impossible to do anything on the site during the semester break because if we were to do something on the site, it has to be big enough to actually cover expenses, cover everything else. And if it's big enough, when it comes back to the start of the semester, we will be running two services. So what happened was we had to accept the fact that at the end of the year, we just take whatever business we have, don't push it, and just to cover whatever cost, cushion any losses. And then when the semester comes back, then we put out full force. But one problem mm. was at the end of the year, we always had to trim our team. So every year we have a new team, which is also part of the reason why our business could, could never be stable. So yeah, so this thing went on for 13, 14 years. And finally, we kind of gave up. Like, like uh, the lunch box cannot, cannot be expanded. Like, so just, just accept it. Like. Something oh like wow! Right, and and that was when Nale or the Nasirama company was born from from the closure of the lunchbox. Yeah, so it wasn't a bad thing that we decided that that we just leave the lunchbox as uh, one outlet and work on something that we can expand. So what we learned from running the lunchbox was we need a lot of variety, and we need to always change the menu. This is one of the biggest. Uh, what they call that the biggest problem in FNB, where if you always change your menu, you have you have the same people eating your food every day. It's not a good thing. While it's captured, it's like a safe business. But uh, if you want to expand, it's not it's not the ideal business because you spend most of your time, uh, like us, like we spend most of the time changing menu, thinking of something new, creating a lot of different things. So we work in the business more than we work on the business. So that was where we got super exhausted. And then, you know, it, it was like no end of the end of the tunnel thing. La. So it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a cycle that, a never ending cycle. La. Wasn't bad, wasn't bad as in, we were not losing money. We were making decent profits, but it, was, it wasn't it was fun. La. I mean, F&B is supposed yeah, to be Yeah, it's fun. like you're not, not really getting anywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. It's supposed to be fun. I mean, yeah. we, we, we built the business to make it something that we enjoy. Like, we, I, I enjoy cooking, I enjoy creating things, but that wasn't what I wanted, uh, the cycle. Mm. Uh, 
Right. So then you started with a uh, nale. So the nale thing, it's it's not like I I I gave up the lunchbox and started nale. It was it was a process, the process that is quite valuable. Uh, I mean, as in, I learned a lot of things because for the first thirteen years, I've never explored the outside world. We call it outside world because we've been, we've been stuck in the campus world for <laughs> forever. Like. So so the thing is, uh, I explored the outside world, met more people. Then I realized people who were successful successful in FNB. No one was in the campus business, <laughs> and and all most successful F and B they don't have variety. You see, like McDonald's, Kyochon, My Burger Lab, they don't have variety like what we did. We had hundred over items on the menu. We had Arab, Arabic, mm. we had Japanese. So it was yeah, crazy. that was a very different market, right? Like students, uh, especially like college students, they want variety and they want like yeah. ton of different options and and and, and they want it cheap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially that, and and you were thriving in in that field. And I yeah. was wondering as well, since um your current company, well, it's called the Nasi Lama Company. So at the lunchbox, was your Nasi Lama especially popular? And and was that why you chose Nasi Lama to be the focus of of this uh, newer brand? No, Jun. So as strange as it, as it sounds, we have never sold Nasi Lama until we started Nali. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I've, how did how did that come about? How how did nasi lemak come into the picture? Yeah, that's that's the strangest thing, right? And I <laughs> swore on my first second year of my business that I would never touch nasi lemak. You know why? So, <laughs> so, so 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 this strange thing is very it's it's very funny lah. People people wonder why I did nasi lemak. So the thing is, you know, nasi lemak when you really talk to friends about it and everything, no one no one talks about like okay, let's go for the most expensive nasi lemak. You would go for the most expensive wagyu uh, steak or whatever, but not nasi lemak. So nasi lemak, you expect it to be one dollar, two dollar, three dollars. If it's mm. anything more than five, oh, what? What is this? Is yeah. it made of gold? Uh, so all these things are. So, some atas nasi lemak. <laughs> yeah. So whenever people think nasi lemak, uh, no nasi lemak can be more than ten ringgit. So that's the perception of nasi lemak from our own Malaysians. So, so that was a challenge that I I thought since everybody is selling nasi lemak and no one is at the mid range uh, tier, so you have the roadside, you have the mamaks, you have the shop lots, you have and then at the top tier you have Madam Kwan's, Papa Rich. So in the middle you can hardly find this kind of, uh, a nasi nasi lemak specialty store at the mid mid tier. So I thought okay since there's a gap here, so why not I fill it up? So. The thing that came from the lunchbox was as much as we were into variety, we still had our own specialty. So our specialty at the lunchbox, we actually started off as a Indonesian food outlet. So to evolve to become a Malaysian nasi lemak thing, it, it took quite a while. So our specialty was flame grilled chicken. So it it kind of resembles uh, the Nando's concept. Uh, also, my passion was to create sauces and sambals and paste. More towards the local flavor, like curry paste and everything. So, uh, so throughout the fifteen years running the lunchbox, uh, I, I managed to create a sauce that was quite unique. You cannot find this sauce anywhere else in in the world. We can say lah. So that's why I put the world thing. <laughs> so that was where I had my grilled chicken. I had my sauce. So how do I go out from the lunchbox and create a brand? Uh, if I if I came out with Uh, David's grilled chicken or Andres grilled chicken. If you if you if you if you happen to come across this name, you wouldn't be interested actually. 
no one will be interested in uh, Peter's Grilled Chicken or uh, special <laughs> curry uh, by by David or whatever. No, no one, no, no one will because it's just another brand that people create out of passion, maybe. But I got some valuable, uh, you know, like insight from from one person. Lah. So he said, if you want to go out and you create some a brand that, you know, like a, a common name, you you have to spend a lot a lot of marketing dollars on on it and still not get the traction you you would want to then i thought about it then suddenly it struck me okay since i mean i know i saw on not selling nasi lemak forever uh, and then <laughs> uh, and then uh, this guy spoke about nasi kerabu then i said then then it was a eureka moment lah. so I said, hey, nobody is really branding uh, branding nasi lemak properly it's like you you got nasi lemak antarabangsa one joy and everything but it's it's not built as a as a, a brand that can go you know international maybe so i thought right. why not i take nasi lemak because you see when i spoke spoke to people about the lunchbox i mean my business is the lunchbox i, I sell food on campus no one no, no one really got interested actually to be honest 15 years of the business running every time i go networking the lunch oh, okay i heard of it then then we stopped talking about the lunchbox five minutes later oh, nobody's interested in my business then the magic happened so it was that eureka moment the nasi lemak thing that, why not i pair nasi lemak with my uh, signature uh, grilled chicken and the sauce so the moment i started nasi lemak and i spoke to whoever i spoke to uh, about my business and i said okay i'm running nasi lemak the conversation can go on and on and on and people started to take interest in my business <laughs> so i thought wow what a magical moment right so it's that nasi lemak thing that actually brings that conversation right going yeah and and yeah and i have yeah. to jump in here and say that you know yeah. your your brand itself is very uh very much like based on nasi lemak and, and you're looking to like champion this one dish right on your website itself and a lot of your marketing material you you call yourself the best nasi lemak in kl and you have a big dream of sharing nasi lemak with the world and yeah. and i have to say you know having tried your nasi lemak and ayam bakar with your nale sauce that you know you spoke about being specialties from the lunchbox i think there's something special in there that can potentially grow and can potentially scale yeah so i think you've done a pretty good job there and yeah, i just want to switch the conversation to flavor the flavor of nasi lemak and uh, calling yourself the best nasi lemak in kl is is a big claim how are you backing that up? Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. Let's pick up where we left off. I've been speaking with Andreas Domingo from the Nasi Lemak Company. We've been talking about the story of his restaurant and how Andreas went from his campus food stalls to setting up a Nasi Lemak restaurant. But now we're turning our focus to Andreas's big dream of spreading the Nasi Lemak gospel across the world. Uh, calling yourself the best Nasi Lemak in KL is, is a big claim. How are you backing that up? Okay, so the the thing about uh, claiming this, you see, I, I mean, I think when you when you see our website, it's it's called the best nasi lemak in KL, but I we we boldly claim that we are the world's <laughs> best nasi lemak experience. 
So the thing is, I hold on to this, uh, these thoughts uh, that if we claim to be the best in town, we will only be the best in town. While we may not be the best nasi lemak in the world at the moment, but I think uh, putting up that bold claim, I mean, it wouldn't hurt anyone anyway, right? So, so putting up that bold, bold claim is, is that we work towards being the best in the world. So when, whatever we do in our operations, we will actually work towards the best in the world. We don't compare ourselves to whatever happens locally, but what happens internationally. What can make Nasilama recognized internationally? So how do we be the best? So that's where we it, it, it actually helps over the past two years running Nale. It actually helps because we when we start working on strategies and everything, we work as how to be the best in the world. So right. It's so, almost like a target, like a goalpost. Yes, almost. yes. So so that one works very well for us. So in terms of hospitality, the quality of food. Mm. Everything we will work towards how to be the best in the world, not best in the country. Mm, right. And and I'm sure a lot of Malaysians, they have very personal opinions or preferences for where to get the best nasi lemak, right? So I'm wondering if you've uh, if you've had any like backlash or comments from people saying like, oh, you claim to be the best nasi lemak in KL. <laughs> no, I, I think like this other place does it better. Have, have you received comments like that before? Okay. At the moment, strangely, surprisingly, uh we expect back- backlash actually, but at, again, probably probably our brand is not well known enough, so we don't get backlash lah. Or maybe people who who had your nasi lemak just agrees that oh yeah, this is the best nasi lemak. That's why you have no backlash thus yeah. far. Yeah, so 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 June, that's that's the thing. Uh, we we don't we didn't expect people to say it's the best because we claim to be the best, but we strive to be the best. But we don't expect people to agree with us. We we expect uh, mm. some feedback. Maybe not the best, but it's still best in town. But uh, over the past two years, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can say surprisingly that uh, it's it's it has been really good, la. I mean, most feedback we get is good. It's like they they agree with us that it can be claimed as the best nasilma in the world, la. So so I, I think as we write on these these uh, feedbacks and everything, it's quite promising, la. Yeah, it's really encouraging to hear. You know that that people generally like agree and agree with the taste and and really love your nasi lemak and your bold claim to be yeah. the best nasi lemak in in KL and hopefully the world as well yeah, yeah, yeah. and now uh, bringing our conversation to more um current matters uh, so to speak yeah i just want to go into how the past year have been for you in terms of uh the pandemic and with the mcos uh, okay so from the pandemic experience to actually survive this thing, we actually, I mean, of course, the past 15 years running the lunchbox actually helped us a lot. We actually got enough experience to actually uh, counter this thing in terms of uh, being quick, being quick in uh, pivoting. I mean, pivoting not in terms of like changing business, uh, changing the whole concept totally, but I think we went into, okay, before the pandemic, we, we were actually reluctant to go into deliveries. Mm. because of the high percentage of commissions and all those things. Right? Yeah. But I think the pandemic really forced us to explore it. But it wasn't a bad thing, actually. So we explored, we realized that we, 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 could have, we can do a lot of things to actually cushion the commissions and with volume and everything, we can actually still make some money out of, out of uh, being in delivery. So I think deliveries really helped us cushion a lot of the effect of the pandemic. And, you know, we went into selling frozen food. Didn't work very well, but at least it, it gave us another, another option to explore in the near future also. So 
at least it opened up our options and our you know our flexibility to doing more different things throughout the pandemic i realized one thing also which i mean i want to share is that when you go into fnb uh, the most important thing is to build a clear brand you know how burgerlet how kyochon and everything they only sell fried chicken burgers McDonald's, McDonald's hamburgers. Of course, they got varieties, but they are very focused. So it was a. It, you know, running Nale was a hundred times more fun than running the lunchbox. I really feel that joy of building a brand because I have. I, I'm only selling nasi lemak, and I can perfect perfect everything without you know thinking about how to do burgers with it, how to do all the other things. So I realized during the pandemic. It was the brands that survived, the 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 uh, the clear brands. Mm. Yeah, it's almost as if like you know when when people think of oh I want to have Korean fried chicken, then they think of like Kyojun, and and you want people to have that like oh I want to have nasi lemak, oh I'll get it from Nale like yeah, yeah. immediately. Uh, it's almost like an immediate response. Mm, that's yeah, that's really valuable. Uh, so building building, the, I mean like this brand thing, like building the brand Nale, building Nale for the past two years really. Uh, Open my eyes, lah. Like, if we want to build something, we build a brand and really grow it from, you know, from that that clear clear vision. So having built Nale during the pandemic really helped us in terms of the delivery sales also. Because when pe- when you search nasi lemak, you see Nale. I mean, if you're nearby Sunway or ICT, lah. So I realized that the building the brand really helped us uh, fight through this pandemic. Yeah, that's a really valuable takeaway. Actually, the the way you build a brand, focusing on on doing one thing to, to the best of your abilities. Yeah. So my principle in in this, which I learned along the past few years, was the key to this success, especially in F and B, lah. Was you find one thing, sell one thing, and sell the heck out of it. <laughs> so so that's that's one thing that I really uh, believe, and it really works for me. Just sell one thing and make it the best. Don't 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 sell a variety of things and everything is mediocre. Yeah, that's a wise business yeah. advice. And uh, yeah, finally, just want to ask: uh, thinking longer term, mm-hmm. uh, how are you planning to you know further grow your brand and and trying to achieve your dream of of putting nasi lemak on the world's culinary stage? Yeah, it, it was a good thing I started planning from the vision. So you see, it's it's easier to plan from the end goal that I want to put Masilema as uh, on the world map. Mm. I mean, if I put it on the world map, I can't be starting from a roadside stall or a food court stall, right? So the first thing, if we want to be a world class uh, F and B brand, I think the best place to start off is shopping mall, where the branding of any concept will actually accelerate from a shopping mall uh, setup. So I mean, of course, we started smaller. So we started off in IC, Central ICT Shalam. It's not a very, it's not a top tier mall, but at least from there we uh, we gain some recognition. And I think moving forward, we we will be actually planning to go into every at least mid or top tier malls, which uh, a couple of weeks after MCO will be in Mid Valley. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's almost like building your brand presence in in a lot of these malls, yes, which, yes. So, uh, like you said, has have a lot of like international brands there, like food brands. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the best place to to build our our nasi lemak brand. Which, okay, we had that problem like be, uh, having a nasi lemak store in a mall. People was uh, skeptical. People won't want to pay so high so much for a, a plate <laughs> of nasi lemak. But we managed to, you know, to overcome this. Or we changed the perception of 
nasi lemak in a mall. So I think building uh, this nasi lemak brand in a mall will be the best way to start off towards our journey to go international. Mm, yeah, I think that is a that's a good uh, direction that you're heading in. And I mean, right now malls are, are especially hard hit with the pandemic and with the MCO. <laughs> but hopefully, um, yeah. in in the next couple of months, things will pick back up again. And yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for you, I I hope in in the coming years we'll see more and more nales everywhere, and and perhaps even internationally, like your uh, dreams and like your vision. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much for uh, coming onto the show today, and thanks so much for. Sharing sharing your story. Thanks for inviting me up today. It was a pleasure sharing. That is all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And as I shared in the intro, in the coming weeks, I'll be using this show, this platform, to highlight certain small food businesses around town in hopes of getting more eyes and ears on them and potentially help them weather through this tough time. If you're the owner of a food business, whether it's a restaurant, a farm, or a food bank that's struggling right now or looking for a platform to share, feel free to reach out to us. Meanwhile, I hope the rest of you have been doing and eating okay. This is Jun signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.